Hey there, my friend, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Struchowski podcast. Before we get into the podcast episode today, I want to invite you to head on over to my website, overwhelmsucks.com. Yes, you did hear that correctly, overwhelmsucks.com. Pick up my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. I know that when you're overwhelmed, the last thing you want to do is read a long report, so I intentionally made this free guide simple to read and most importantly to implement so get your free guide 10 quick ways to conquer overwhelm at overwhelmsucks.com stephanie scheller is the impact authority she uses the violin and an extensive background in psychology to teach marketing like a billion dollar business on a small business budget and design educational events for ADHD entrepreneurs that work for how their brain functions. All right, Stephanie, this will not be an 18 minute podcast. (laughs) Uh, we we, We have to explain to the listener why that made you laugh. So, um, so for the listeners, that made me laugh because when Mark and I met, we met through LinkedIn. And uh, one of the things that I do when I'm meeting with people through LinkedIn is I send a calendar invite to schedule an 18-minute conversation. And it always weirds people out. They're always like, um, why 18 minutes? Um, and there's a few reasons it does that. The first of which is there's the psychology aspect, right? 18 minutes is so freaking random, it's not anything we're used to. And so they pay attention. And so I end up getting more attention for the actual conversation and in the booking process. And then the other thing it does, and this is like my dirty secret. It's not really dirty. I (laughs) I feel like I'm revealing, but so what it really does is 18 minutes is long enough that it blocks a full half hour on my calendar. So no one else can get in for a half hour. But if the conversation's not going really well, I can start wrapping it up at like 12 to 15 minutes and be done and moving on instead of like being stuck for a whole half hour talking to someone. So that's really um, there. There's the uh, the public reason for why I do 18 minutes. And then there's the <laughs> there's my really like. Secret. And let the record show <laughs> that I exceeded the 18 minutes because Stephanie thought I was a cool guy. So I just had to start with that 18 minute thing. <laughs> That was you, you. You said you were. You said I was going to get it as soon as you did the intro there. As soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's really funny." Well, I want people to enjoy the conversation, and and I said something in in your introduction, which I know perked up a lot of ears. I you were oh. talking about having a billion, a billion with a B, a billion dollar business mm-hmm. on a small business budget, and yeah. a lot of people are like, "Wait a minute, don't I have to be a billionaire to have a billion dollar?" business and you don't because it's all about mindset. If you think your business is a $10 business, well, it's probably a $10 business. If you think it's a billion dollar business, it's all in mindset. It probably is a billion dollar business. And so I think that's a good place to launch off from because I think more than anything else, I talk with people on this podcast and social media. Mindset is such a big issue. And, And I think the number one Thing that's blocking our success is the person we see looking back at us when you look in the mirror. And I got to believe you agree with that. I, uh, I can't even say a hundred percent agree. Like, is there like a thousand to 12, <laughs> like 11 out of 10? Yes. Um, I, I do. I think, and 
I can speak more from experience here where the times that I've had the most issues have always been Stephanie issues. They've always been like stuff that I've created. I was talking on a training yesterday. I was like, so often we set goals for our life that are pulling us in two separate directions. Like, for example, I want my people to be well-paid and then we pay ourselves pennies. Like Mm. you have to be part of your people there. We say, I want my team to be happy, but you're not happy. Like you can't have a goal that's pulling you two separate directions. And we do this internally all the time. And I really want to address your whole, like the billion dollar, right? This is, I think that is brilliant because we do, we, we start treating our business differently. We start thinking about our business differently when we're thinking about it being a billion dollar business. And I talk a lot about how you can market like a billion dollar company on a small business budget, which everyone thinks is insane. They're like, Stephanie, I can't market like Coca-Cola on zero to 500 bucks a month. I'm like, actually, you can. Here's the thing. Most people either don't have a plan or don't put the time in to make it happen. And that's where mm. things fall apart. Mm. So I, I love that. I love how you've taken my concept and like expanded it so far beyond. That was brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Now, one of the things I got in the habit of doing, I learned this habit from Grant Cardone. He's not the only person that says this, but I write my daily goals, my big, hairy, audacious goals down every morning. And one of my goals I write, and it's not like, Someday I will be. It's like I have a net worth of $100 million. I'm not even close to that now. But here's the thing. I write it every day to remind my subconscious mind that's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. And the thing is, they've done a lot of research on this. If you don't write goals, to go back to what you said about planning, you don't write goals, then don't be surprised if your your life turns out like a poop emoji. Because... (laughs) It's a clean podcast. I got. I know. I, gotta... I was. I was gonna say that was that was a perfect insertion right there. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, is you have to set the intentions. Yeah. Of I will have a net worth of fill in the blank. I also have a goal to have a million downloads, monthly downloads every month of my podcast. I'm not mm. there yet. Now my podcast does very well, but I don't get a million downloads a month, but I write these in my journal every day to consciously and purposely tell my subconscious mind, this is going to happen. You go figure it out how to make it happen and I'll do the work. Yeah. See that right there. That's right. We, we have to get your, your subconscious has a ridiculous, your subconscious has more processing power than NASA. And I'm not even kidding. Mm -hmm. Like the amount of data our subconscious processes every day is in the billions of bits of information. Um, and so if we can turn it, focus it and say, look, okay, I want to, I'm going to get it to a million downloads every month on my podcast. Your subconscious starts going, okay, how are we going to make this happen? What are we going to do here? How are we? And something really cool starts to happen. So two things, because I think a lot of times we pick these big numbers and we don't always understand how big it is, right? We're like, oh my God, I want to be a billion. But a lot of people don't realize what a billion dollar business looks like. And so when you start to set that expectation, we've, we've had the expectation that Grow Disrupt is a billion dollar firm since its inception. And the realize, the reality is it's not going to exist in its current state at that billion dollar level. There will be additional departments. There will be additional aspects of it that will make it a billion dollar firm. Um, and I've, I've gotten a lot of flack for this because people are like, you can't run 50 to 75 people events and have a billion. You're not going to make a billion dollars off that. I'm like, we're not going to make a billion dollars off the events. Of course not. No, we're probably going to make a hundred million, but you know, like we may not run a billion in events and that's okay. That's not the intention. 
But if I'm thinking about what that needs to look like, it shifts my brain, it shifts how I'm focused, and it shifts how I'm treating it. I start paying myself better, my team better, taking, I mean, it changes everything to have that right in front of you every day. One of the things you alluded to when you were talking about a billion dollar business. So I've got this thing, which is kind of controversial to at least some of my friends. I'm like, if you're not working on something that's generating money, you should be creating content to draw people in. Cause mm-hmm. they say, Mark, you post too much every day. Cause I literally post about 35 to 40 times a day on social media. And they're like, how do you have that much time? I'm like, well, if I'm not coaching people, if I'm not generating income, I should be creating content. What else you doing? Watching Netflix. And so what I do is I create this content. I blocked on my calendar content creation. I create a video and I caption the video. Then I put the same video. This is magic of repurposing on TikTok, on YouTube shorts, on Instagram, on Facebook, yeah. on anywhere I can post it. I post it. So one video, like 12 platforms, I think I'm up to that's 12 pieces of content. So it's not really hard. One of the quotes yeah. I, I really remember from Grant Cardone is he says, when you post on social media, it's like kicking bricks into an ocean. Why do you think Domino's still advertises and McDonald's and Coca-Cola and Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins. They're huge and they still post every day. Why? Because you can never settle. You can't say, well, one post a week is fine. No, it's not. Not in 2022. No, no, it's not. And um, there is this aspect. I mean, there, there's some real freedom in, in embracing that concept too, because I know a lot of business owners who get caught up and they have to come up with the perfect thing. And they've got this idea for a video that's so going to go viral. Like this is going to go viral. I'm going to get millions of views. And so what happens is they film it and they don't like it, that the, my eyebrow twitched wrong. So I'm going to refilm it, but I'm out of time. So I'll refilm it tomorrow. We don't get to refill it. So then we're going to refill it next week. And they never post the video. And so like whatever chance it had of going viral isn't going to happen. I'm a big believer in post it, get it out there, even if it wasn't great, because guess what? You get to try again right now (laughs) with another (laughs) post. Like you can post multiple times a day. You can post again tomorrow. The crappy stuff, the, the terrible stuff you posted earlier, like it will get buried. So just keep posting. It's okay. It's okay. So yeah, that's big one, big one for me. And stop, me stop aiming for perfection. So yeah. I will create a video on my iPhone. I will take it in the iMovie. I will make it really tight and concise. But sometimes I say the wrong word. Get over yourself. I literally, we recorded this yesterday on Friday. You're just hearing it on Saturday if you're listening the day it comes out. I recorded the video because I'm a big English football fan. I, I don't even like American football anymore. So I created a <laughs> video about why I like English football. Now, people now some people say, well, Mark, what's that got to do with productivity? Because I don't want to be all about productivity. I am Mark Stucheski. I'm a real person. When you decide to invest your money with me, I'm a real person. I'm married. I have a 51 pound Labrador mixed dog. I'm a real person. And I think people who just say all they post is how to, how to, how to buy, buy, buy. If you look at the masters, like Gary Vaynerchuk is really good at this. He'll do videos of him garage sailing. They want to know who we really are. You got to get out of your, I'm only going to post things on social media. That's serious because then how are people supposed to fall in love with you? I know my post on about Man City, my favorite team over in the Premier League, will get a lot of views. They may not be looking for a coach, but they're like, wow, this guy 
has fallen in love with English soccer or English football. I mean, you have to show your true self. People are going to want to do business with you because of you, first of all. Well, okay. And I'm going to take this to a new level for you here because I think you actually are marketing your business when you're doing videos and stuff about Man U and, and that stuff. Because, no, because don't say Man U. No, not Manchester Man- United. That's that's Manchester that's United. that's e- enemy. Man oh. City. Oh, Man City. Okay. If well, I don't correct good. you and someone from Man City listen to this, they'll go, why did you let her say that? <laughs> my, I was for a minute there. So my husband spent time over in England and, um, his favorite team is Arsenal. So I know oh, that. Man, enemy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know. So, <laughs> anyhow. Um, but so like making those videos, what you're telling people, cause here's the thing, productivity, I'm going to be more productive when I'm rested, when I'm energized and when I'm rejuvenated. And if everything is about work, I won't reach that point. So yep. in a roundabout way, like you are giving people productivity tips by showing your real life and having a life beyond being a productivity coach. So I, I, this is okay. This is what I talk about all the time. Your marketing message goes beyond telling people I could make a million videos about, I do events. I do events. I do events. I do events. And no one's going to pay attention, right? I have to do a whole bunch of additional stuff going way beyond talking about how I design and produce events because at the end of the day, only so many people are going to care about the events, but people will engage and they care about the other aspects. And that is the marketing message. Our message is that entrepreneurs are powerful, incredible people. Mm-hmm. And we're here to support them. And so we do videos all about that. We're working on sneak peek. We're actually working on like a whole um, a whole series of um, trips around performances around San Antonio using the violin. Um, and we've actually taken a song, a fairly well-known song, and created a parody of it that is going to be, so I'll be playing all over San Antonio. We have these um, uh, chalkboard that will say, playing to remind us all to shop small this fall. And then we will wrap up the two-hour playtime, kind of busking, but not for money. Um, we'll wrap up with uh, performing this uh, parody version that's all about entrepreneurship. And what it's like to be an entrepreneur. And like that has nothing to do. Nowhere is it going to be like, oh, we have an event in January. Come to our event. Like that's not (laughs) happening. It's all about entrepreneurs are really, really cool people. And let's support them. And that's our message. And it opens up the door for me to talk about more than just productivity or events. Right. Because ultimately it's kind of boring. (laughs) It it is. It is. And there's this thing called Google. And you can literally (laughs) find anything you want on the Internet. But only one person does it the way I do it. Only one person does it the way you do it. And I will tell you, all my clients that have come to me said, you know what? There's nothing really new under the sun with you, but your personality. I just, I just want to be around you. I mean, one of my best clients, I call her a super fan. She just, she buys everything I put out. She's always at all that. I mean, she has never missed one of my monthly membership uh, live events because she says, you have a personality. I want to be associated with you. And that's mm-hmm. how you draw people in. I don't know how people who are boring, how they make money. I mean, I would think you could be the most brilliant person in the world, but if it's like nails on a chalkboard, I'm like, I no, no, I'm not doing this. I want to hang around people who are successful and they have an energetic pos- uh, personality. I am this annoyingly yeah. optimistic every day. I am Tigger from Winnie the Pooh. I love what oh I do. God. 
<laughs> I love that analogy. Um, I agree. And I my my first book that I published was Friend Power, How the Friends You Choose Can Change the Course of Your Life. And it's all about who do you want in your life because they're who you're going to start being. Mm-hmm. And I, I do agree. I think that was one of my early revelations um, in business was there's nothing new under the sun. Like when I started doing, I started with a sales training practice in 2014. And for a long time, it was kind of like, why would someone buy sales training from me versus Grant Cardone or Jeff Blunt or any of these big names? And I was like, it's because like, cause I was like, I'm really, I mean, I've, I've got, you know, some of Grant's stuff here and some of this guy's stuff. Like I've created my own mismatch of a bunch of people's stuff. And why would they buy from me? And it was, well, because I presented in a different way, a way that they get. And I've got an energy and an engagement that they want to be part of because it uplifts them. And so, yeah, I don't know how people who are boring make money either. Maybe they're like <laughs> self-funding through 401ks or something. I, I don't know. I don't trust know anyone fund, who's Trust boring. fund babies. Right. <laughs> All I can think of. <laughs> well, I just think if you're not waking up excited for the day. I mean, I'm like this seven days a week. I work seven days a week. I mean, holidays, weekends, I may not work as long on the weekends or holidays, but I'm always doing something because I love what I do. And, and I can tell you from a productivity, productivity standpoint, the people who are happy, who love what they do, they get way more done and they're way more successful because they're happy. Now, if you're at a job that you're good at, (laughs) that you hate, well, you're still living outside of work. So maybe you start learning a new skill, take a class or go to YouTube or something like that, but you're not in prison. So I encourage you to do what you love to do. If that is, you're an accountant, you're a really good accountant, but you really want to help little kids in a homeless shelter. Well, then figure out a way how you can leave your job, not today, leave your job and go do what you really love. Because guess what? You know this, Stephanie, you only get one life. So you might as well be happy. And you spend two thirds of your life at work. And if you are not enjoying that, see that, you know, you can have a job where you like the actual work, but maybe you hate the work culture. It's not getting, it's not working for you. You're not getting, or you, or your boss is a terrible boss. I've had, that was my job (laughs) boss, man. That was, I will say though, the worst boss I ever had was me. Um, (laughs) It took me so long to learn how to manage myself, but have you ever, have you ever written yourself up though? That's what I want to know. (laughs) You know, I was always so hard on myself that I never, I never did that. Like I was, you know, like when you're, when you're a boss and you're so hard on someone that then you feel like you can't be additionally mean to them. <laughs> like that was, yeah, I was, I was very, um, I was brutal, but um, my, my whole point was like, if maybe you love the job, find a new company. If you're not getting along with the culture or your boss, or maybe you're realizing, you know what? I really do just not like this job. I want to go find, then go do something because yeah, life is too short and you do not deserve to spend two thirds of your life doing something that does not bring you joy, that you do not enjoy, that drains you. We, no one deserves that. No mm. one deserves that. hundred mm. percent. So I I, I want to go back because I have a sense that the listener is going, okay, Mark, this is all great. I'm getting motivated. Stephanie's awesome. <laughs> Hopefully they think I'm awesome too. But I want to go back to the billion dollar business and a small a small business budget. Cause I know yeah. that they're probably going, wait a minute. You talked about in the beginning, you hooked us in. <laughs> so can you please ask Stephanie to expand upon how I, who don't make a lot of money at this point, 
can run my business as a billion dollar business. Stephanie, what does that look like? <laughs> well, so first thing that comes into play, and this is the first thing I had to learn how to do was one, I had to figure out what a billion dollar business did look like, right? How, you know, I mean, how many employees that was, that was, I was sitting down, like going like, how many employees does Coca-Cola have? Like, how, like, like trying to figure out, okay, so roughly how many employees should I expect to have? Okay, well, if I'm expecting to have that many employees, then how many departments and managers? And so I started to actually like, look at what is a billion dollar business going to look like practically? And then once I figured that out, there's a there's a, a couple of really important pieces that I think have to be in play there. And one is the culture. And a billion dollar business, you're going to need to build your culture very intentionally. And you're going to need to manage your culture intentionally. But one of the things I talk about repeatedly is that we so often as bosses and leaders, we take just enough off our plate, right? So let's say I'm working 60 hours a week and I decide to hire a VA and I give that VA, I'm like, I only want to work 40 hours a week. So I give that VA 20 hours a week of work from my plate. I identify 20 hours a week. I offload it to them. What I have failed to do here is offload enough work to actually manage that VA. Ah. So I need to offload 21 hours of work, 22 hours of work. So I have time to offload, I have time to train and manage my VA because now I have to be building a very intentional culture. Billion dollar businesses don't exist without an intentional culture. And that culture may not be for everyone. Not everyone's a fit to work at Budweiser. Like they have a very structured, like you follow it down to like the micrometer structured mm -hmm. culture. And that's who they are. And I could never work there, but like someone is going to really love that culture. So that's the first one is this very intentional. So yeah, figure out practically what would a billion dollar version of your business look like? And then secondly, it's going to be, okay, what is that culture? I'm going to have to be very intentional. And I have to understand that my job as the boss, as the owner of the company, as the leader, the founder, whatever term you prefer, is to intentionally cultivate that culture. And the second side of it, and this is why we talk a lot about the fact that um, it took us a long time to understand what exactly my thread of training was. And we realized it's the psychology of business. It's all psychology. The culture is psychology. There's practical aspects to managing that, but a lot about culture is understanding psychology. And then it's this marketing side, which is where I spend so much time talking, which is instead of sitting here and going, okay, well, I need to drive um, leads or traffic to a landing page. So I am going to put ads up because that's what everyone does. It is about backing it up and saying, okay, what is the message behind my marketing? What is the emotional connection? How am I showing this, not just telling this? And when you can back up those two pieces, culture and marketing into the psychology of them and be very intentional about planning and executing them, that is where you can start to run like a billion dollar business, even if you're a small business. Got overwhelm? Then you need to get my free guide, 10 Quick Ways to Conquer Overwhelm. This free guide will help you quickly deal with overwhelm so you can get back to making the impact you've dreamed of. Get your copy for free at OverwhelmSucks.com. You know, you said the word intentional, <laughs> intentionally, multiple times. I, I was going to say a few times there. <laughs> I love the word intentionality because in business and in life, the most successful people are intentional. So one of the things I tell people that they really get confused on, 
I said, you should live every day intentionally. So if you want to watch, in my case, you want to watch English football, the Premier League all day on Saturday, you just have to say, I'm going to watch the Premier League all day tomorrow. Yep. I don't care if you're at Disney World. We're going to go to Disney World all day tomorrow. And most people, they they if they do it at all, they do it Monday through Friday. And then whatever happens on the weekends, whatever happens on vacation, whatever happens on Christmas or whatever holiday, you still need to live intensely. Yeah, we're going to go to grandma's house. Then we're going to go to Aunt Betty's house. Do it intentionally. And I think so many people fail to grasp that the intentionality you should be intentional about what you're doing every single minute of the day i don't care if it's binge watching your favorite show on netflix you should do it intentionally so you know yeah i'm gonna watch eight episodes of the new netflix show you're gonna do it intentionally i wouldn't say that's the most productive use of your time (laughs) but i give you i give you good marks if you do it intentionally and i think there is this unintended side effect of not doing everything with intention, right? Doing your downtime with intention is what happens is when we don't go intentionally to focus on being at grandma's house or taking, going to whatever, um, as entrepreneurs, we tend to lean towards a little bit of workaholicism. (laughs) And so work starts creeping in. No comment on that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But, but what we, so work starts creeping into all of your downtime. Well, what that does is it actually starts to subconsciously build resentment, right? So I don't have any time off. And so what starts to happen is this really ugly bleed. First work bleeds over into personal time. And then because work bled over into personal time, now I don't feel guilty if personal time bleeds over into work time. And yeah, I'm going to (laughs) take, right? And so now we have no boundaries. Everything is just mismatched. And I can't do anything really focused because now I'm spending time with my kid, but I'm feeling guilty because I didn't get the website done earlier like I was supposed to do. And so now like I can't focus on spending time with my kid because I'm doing this. But now when I go to work on the website, I'm feeling guilty because I didn't spend time with my kid. And (laughs) it's a really ugly cycle. So I'm a big believer in like figuring out what the unintentional side effects are. And I think not doing things intentionally, it leads to a huge energy drain on your entire life. My 84-year-old aunt has got this phrase I love. It doesn't affect world peace. Most people say, if I don't send this email out, you know, during family time, doesn't affect world peace you just gotta go get that movie frozen if you don't have kids go rent it and belt out the song let it go sometimes you gotta let it go and what i do is i shut my computer down around five six o'clock i'm done you know it can wait i'm not a brain surgeon i'm not landing an aircraft in the war zone it can wait till tomorrow and so many people especially if you work from home there is a gray line between family and business. And yeah. I think it should be black and white. Okay. Now you're off the clock. Now you're spending time with your family, but a lot of people get sucked into this. So like, well, I loaded the dishwasher during my work hours. That took me 10 minutes. So I'm going to work another two hours during family time. What? No, that doesn't make any sense. You right. got to have it black and white. You got to be able to say, I'm done working today. Now it's family time. Even if you're single, still shut your computer down, go watch the ball game, go watch Netflix. You still need the time. And interestingly enough, so, um, I, you know, I don't think we talked, or I don't, I don't know if we talked about this as much, but so our events, what we do is we design educational events for ADHD entrepreneurs. And as such, I do a lot of research into ADHD individuals. And one of the things I've learned is a lot of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, they are ADHD. They deal with some variety of it. 
And what happens is by allowing us to not get focused, I'm bringing it full circle because I know it seems like I just like dove off the deep end here. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when we when we don't have that intentionality, when we don't allow ourselves to get focused, um, we allow that portion of our brain to go chatter off during work. And so we're not as focused. We're not as productive. We're not as effective. And so sometimes by just straight up saying, you know what, I'm not going to send the email today. I told them I would. So I'm going to shoot them an email that says heads up. My day got away from me. You will have this information on Monday. And that's perfectly okay to do. But leaving that undone actually starts to train your brain that when I'm in work mode, I have to focus. Again, right? I've done, this is what I had to do to teach myself how to work with my ADHD is like leave stuff undone because it drives me nuts. And so now next time my brain's like, no, 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 we can't get distracted. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not going through that again. I have to stay focused because I'm not going to have this not be finished at the end of the day. And so sometimes leaving it undone is actually a better lesson than working. Like we think we're going to learn more by punishing ourselves and working late. (laughs) Actually, you're probably going to learn more by not. So here's your permission. All of the listeners out there. (laughs) Be respectful. Tell people if you're not getting them what you promised you'd get them. But like, it's okay. It's okay. And I have I have one thought on ADHD. One thing that annoys me <laughs> about ADD, ADHD is when someone goes, Oh, I have ADD or ADHD. My first question, have you been diagnosed? Well, no, I just know. No, you just because you can't focus doesn't mean you have ADD or ADHD. So you need to go to a <laughs> licensed expert and get diagnosed. That really annoys me when people tell me they suffer from that and they never been diagnosed. Well, and something, one big thing to keep in mind is sometimes it's not ADHD. And so we can start trying to treat those, those pieces and it's not actually ADHD or ADD. Um, so I do, I highly recommend if you, if you think you're to go get a diagnosis and then work with your doctor, some people truly need medication to manage it. Some people I'm not as severe. I don't need medication to manage my ADHD. Um, but I also have people on my team that do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like doing that to take care of yourself, totally fine. But you're not going to be able to understand what level you're at unless you do work with a doctor. And the last thing you want to do is start treating um, an ADHD issue when what you actually have is an intestinal issue where your body's not processing nutrients Mm -hmm. properly. And that's why you can't focus because your brain literally doesn't have the nutrients it needs. 100%. Yeah, I think it it is definitely an an overblown, um, overblown. No, I, I've definitely got ADHD. Are you sure? Um, but at the same time, I do think a lot of us do have it. And we deal with a lot of people who deal with it. I remember there was a comedian, Bill. Well, he's still alive, Bill Engville. And mm-hmm. he was talking, he did a bit about ADD and well, his, I guess his son or daughter had ADD and they went to a parent teacher conference and he was over there looking out the window and his wife was talking to the teacher and his wife turned to him and says, is there, is there any ADD in your family? He goes, yeah, we can add, multiply, subtract. Divide. Why are we spelling it? <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. When he said that. <laughs> oh awesome. my goodness. <laughs> That's a good bit right there. Yeah. Um, it's hysterical. But listen, <laughs> I know that you are a violinist. Now mm-hmm. I, we were talking before we started recording that, <laughs> You did. You you played a little bit for me, and I'm like, yeah, you're okay. But I my air violin, I can smoke you on. And you said you want to hold me. Uh, you want to do a duel, but we won't do a duel on the show today because, well, they wouldn't be able to hear my because it's a it's a mystical uh, air violin that I do. <laughs> so. 
But you, we'll, we'll you, just assume you win that one. That okay. competition, you. I'll just give you that. Now one. you said that you can play a little bit for us on the show. Now is this going to yeah. cause Apple Podcasts or Spotify to have a conniption because there's music on my podcast, or is this? Uh... Um, it shouldn't as long as I play something that is non. Um, <laughs> uh copyrighted okay yeah i don't want them to block this thing oh there's a copyrighted song on there so but i i think uh it'd be a nice treat because uh most people come on the show if they're musicians they can't play their music but they can read a chapter from their book which is i think very strange and all it has to do licensing but if you'd like to play a little bit for us i'm sure my because we've never had this in the show ever oh no one has ever played any instrument on the show and i think this will be a nice surprise now don't do a 45 minute you know concerto from beethoven or something (laughs) (laughs) i don't play beethoven beethoven okay here's my here's my other dirty secret i really hate beethoven and mozart which (laughs) as soon as everyone finds out i hate playing mozart like all of the classically trained violinists have a minor heart attack right there. They're like, (gasps) but mozart i'm like oh I, i there is something about his music that just it drives me nuts. <laughs> so you're you're safe there. I will play. Here's what I'll do. I've got this really awesome little um Irish piece oh. that I've been working on memorizing and I've got it. I I'm here. I'm gonna say I've got it down. Let's 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 well this is not America's got talent, so we're right. not gonna give you an X or something. So <laughs> right. So this should we should we should be good and this one shouldn't be under any kind of copyright. So okay, go ahead. All right. Stephanie Scheller, ladies and gentlemen. If you are watching this on YouTube, you can see Stephanie. She really, her facial expression, she really loves playing the violin. If you are listening to this on audio podcast, which most people do, go check out at least like toward the end of the show and watch her when she plays the violin. Because I tried to play guitar. I gave it up after a month. My mom wanted me to learn how to play guitar. I'm like, mom, this, this is not working. Um <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the fret, I'm like a fret. What's a fret? You know, and I, I, my hands, like, no, forget it, mom. I, I couldn't get, I quit so soon. I didn't get calluses on my fingers. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. Mom, I love you, but this just is not going to happen. Okay. Some of us are musically trained like you are, and we can play an instrument. Some of us, we are meant to just talk into a microphone because we have big mouths. We all have our gifts. <laughs> I was going to go off on how like music is a harsh master and sometimes it's not for everyone and that's okay. And then, then I just, I I couldn't because your description of yourself there, that was just, this is me. This is, I I don't, I never am a chameleon. And I tell people, if you don't like the zaniest, uh, the zaniest person in the room, then don't hang around me. I don't do the Eeyores. If you know Winnie the Pooh, if you're a younger listener, Go Google Winnie the Pooh, but I am a Tigger. I love what I do, and I'm happy. 
And if you're not happy when you're not making a hundred million dollars a year, when you make a hundred million dollars a year, you won't be happy because exactly. you're a grump. M- There's money, a saying, money, money's a magnifier of who you are. That's yeah. The, so the saying I was always taught is when you get where you're going, you will only be more if you already are. So a lot of people are like, well, when I get to this level of growth in the business, I'll start doing give back initiatives. I'll start paying my people better. I'll start doing this. I'll start doing that. And the thing is, you'll never be in a place where you have enough money to give away. You will always think, well, I should be able to give away more money. I should be able to do this. I should be able to, you will never be more. So if you, if that's important to you, if you want to be the person who um, either makes political donations because you want to influence political um, discourse, if you are someone who wants to give back to charities, if you are someone who wants to give back, whatever, whatever important to you, if you're someone who wants to play a musical instrument, start doing it now because you're not going to, like, I always had this idea. I was like, one day I'm going to own a Stradivari, right? But I wasn't even playing the violin regularly at that point in time. I just wanted to, and I was like, okay, so if I don't actually start playing the violin and I started for 15 minutes a day, that was it. Now I'm up to playing anywhere from an hour to two hours a day. Wow. You have to start. Yeah. Right. That has got to be whoever you want to be. You have to start doing it now. It's not going to miraculously appear and money is not going to make you more. Nope. Of whatever it is you want to be, it will make. I, you I'm desperately turning, trying to become conversationally fluent in French, and so oh, nice. I spend 15, 20 minutes every day doing my Duolingo, and nice. I'll, you know, I, I upgraded to the premium plan because you get some like you could test and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm actually learning French. I mean, I can actually read it and understand it. Why I do it every day, every, every day. day without fail. And some days I have good lessons. Some days I don't have good lessons, but it's like Tony Robbins says, repetition is a mother's skill. So yeah. whether it's playing the violin, learning French, learning how to crochet, whatever, if you do it every day, you don't have to do it 12 hours a day. You don't do the Michael Phelps swimming every day, yeah. every single day, you'll look back and go, holy smokes. I can't believe how far I've come because you were intentional. There's that word again intentional <laughs> and you were consistent every day i run every day no excuses i could be feeling bad i could have a back problem every day that's how i've been running almost five and a half years if yeah. you want to do something and you want to get really good at it you have to be intentional with it and you have to be consistent every day yeah and you know it kind of brings us almost full circle back to what we were talking at the beginning about writing your goals down every day, like spending time in that version of yourself every day and starting it now at 24 years old, I realized I was really quite disappointed with my life. Now I know 24 years old is really young to be like self-reflecting at that level. (laughs) But I looked back and I was just like, the only thing that I felt I'd really accomplished in my life was graduating from college. And I looked back because I had all these goals in high school. I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. I was going to do this. I was going to do that. And I was at 24 years old, I was working for a corporation and I hadn't even finished. I'd started crocheting a blanket that just ended up getting it like shoved behind the couch. And I I remember I was sitting in the living room at this little apartment we were renting at the time. And I remember looking at the trash bag full of this blanket, half finished pieces. And um, cause that was what I was storing it in. Cause anyhow, uh, <laughs> but I just remember being really disappointed in myself that I wasn't 
a finisher. I wasn't finishing anything. I couldn't even finish this silly blanket. And I decided I'm going to be, I'm going to be a finisher. And what that required me to start doing was setting goals and spending time doing that. I have, um, one of the ways I wrap up most of my trainings from the front of the room is an acronym for action. And the acronym is, so action simply means achieve considerable results. Wait, achieve achieve (laughs) considerable traction in objective nailing. I love that. Because when you take action, you create traction towards the goals and objectives you have set for your life. But if you don't take action, you can set goals all you want. It's not going to do it. That action is so powerful. I've had some, I know some people in my life who are dealing with some mental and emotional issues. And I'm not a psychologist, psychiatrist, (laughs) sociologist, but I'm like, okay, based on what I'm seeing, all you do is spend your time on your phone. Mm-hmm. Here's an idea. Go do something because yeah. I believe action is the cure all. So people say, well, what happens if you lose someone close to you? Like I lost my mom to Alzheimer's in June of 2022. I just kept on working. If my wife, I hope she doesn't, but if she would have died today, I would keep on working. People go, oh, you got to mourn. Well, I don't, that's not how I deal with things. I'm not going right. to go to therapist for three years dealing with the loss of my wife. I'm going to keep on work while I still have to eat. Still have to get income in. So what am I going to do? Who's going to pay the bills? So that's me. You can process without having to completely shut everything down. Now, and and you know, like you said, not therapist, not psychologist. I don't want to. Everyone deals with that differently. And if you need to take that space to a hundred percent, go sit. That's okay. You know. And I, we, a few years back, um, someone that I grew up with, um, uh, ended up taking their own life. And it was really hard um, to go through that. And I just remember um, that was, it was, it was the first time I'd really been exposed to that. And I just sat on the couch for an entire afternoon, staring at the wall, just trying to process through things. And I gave myself space to do that because I needed that space. But at the same time, I was back at work the next morning And I worked the next day and then I took some extra time over the weekend off to process through. And if you need space to process whatever you're going through, maybe it's a cancer diagnosis or whatever, that's fine. But completely putting everything on hold, I think backfires more often than not, Mm -hmm. because everything in your life starts to revolve around that thing. And that I believe is dangerous. 100%. 100%. This has been a fascinating conversation with you, Stephanie. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that before we wrap up the show and I ask you where people can find out more about you? Is there anything that's on your heart that you want to share? You can say, nope, I think we covered it. Or yeah, matter of fact, there is something I want to I want to add. I feel like we covered such a wide variety of we topics did. here. Like I have nothing I can think of to add at this point. I think I think this was... <laughs> Really I agree. Fun. I agree. This was a an incredible <laughs> episode. It came out on Saturday. So hopefully when you went to the park, you walked the dog. I mean, this was an incredible episode. Stephanie provided tons of value. I hope I provided some value to you as well, Mr. or Mrs. Listener. I really appreciate it. So Stephanie, where can people go to find out more about you and the dent you're putting in the universe? A little tip of the head to Steve Jobs there. <laughs> I love that. Um, so we have two websites. One is if you want to learn more about me as Stephanie Scheller, um, that is the Stephanie Scheller.com, like 
the one and only, the coolest, the best, um, <laughs> Stephanie Scheller. And Scheller is spelled S-C-H. Um, and then if you want to learn about the, 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 my company, Grow Disrupt, and the events that we do, the, the events for uh, support ADHD entrepreneurs, that is growdisrupt.com. Um, those are probably the two best ways. And you can fill out a form if you really want to chat with me on either of those. And it usually makes its way to my inbox within a day or two. So I'll be in touch as quick as I can. Excellent. Well, Stephanie, I want to thank you for being on the show today. You are an incredible guest full of energy. It's rare that a guest matches my energy. So obviously <laughs> you are a Tigger as well. And Tiggers tend to congregate around each other. And so thank together. you so much for being here. This was awesome. Thanks for so much for having me, Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I really appreciate your time and attention. Before you go, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you have not subscribed to this podcast in your podcast player of choice, would you do that right now? This way, every time a new episode comes out, you will be informed. Second thing is, while you are subscribing, please consider leading a rating and a review. This helps the podcast get discovered. And the third thing I know I'm asking a lot of you, the third thing is if you know of someone who can use this episode right now, why don't you just share it with them? Every podcast player that I'm aware of makes it really easy to share an episode. So if you're thinking of a family, a colleague, a neighbor, a friend who needs to hear this episode, go ahead and hit that share button and send this podcast to them right away so I can help them like I helped you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back real soon with a brand new episode.